0: Coming up on today's Locked On Senators. In front of Gary Bettman and prospective buyers, the Sens earn a 5-2 win over the Florida Panthers. And that helps
1: their chances in the wildcard race.
0: You know we're going
1: to pull up the standings in this one.
0: And more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Or Locked On Senators, your
1: daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Your team, every day. Welcome inside episode 765 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on vacation mode down in Scottsdale, Arizona, alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains. Thank you for making Locked On your first listen on this Tuesday, March 28th, Pillsy. Brady's better. I mean, what what more can you say about that win? Well, when
1: 18,000 people are chanting it in unison, I mean that's a compelling argument for me. Brady's better. Better.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Brady Kachuk opens the scoring in this game. He gets in the mix, stands up for a teammate. Gutis didn't want it. Brady was standing up for Timmy. I don't need to see that after a clean hit, but when it's your 21-year-old and it's a guy on the back end, a veteran who's throwing the body around like that. You got to give him credit for at least having a conversation and saying, we don't play that here. But you know what my favorite physical interaction was in that game? Was was it Nick Cousins who went in hard on Thomas Shabbat? And we'll get to that discussion a little bit later. We also have to talk about the send down and what that means coming up on Thursday. But Pillsy, after Nick Cousins hit Thomas Shabbat, I could argue from behind, but, you know, we see that hit often in games. He starts going to the bench. And as he's passing the senator's bench, a couple of guys kind of give him a shoulder and the doors open at the end. And who but Mark Castlick just goes thump and Cousins falls into the bench. So that's step one. But then step two, Austin Watson right over top of him and says, hey, hey. no, you, you're not even here. Pe- peasant. Just move along now. That was awesome. Yeah,
1: that's the fourth line, just um, inserting their dominance into that one. And uh, yeah, it was a physical game. Barkov had a massive hit on Hamnick that popped the glass out, out early. And then you mentioned it, Gudas and Timmy. Like This game got chippy. Almost every whistle, there was a scrum after, uh, if it was near the goalie, there was something going on. So these two teams, they were showing that this was a meaningful game.
0: It certainly was. And Brady Kachuk, before the game, saying it's all business, all the time, from here on out I also loved how after the game Matthew Kachuk said we were the better team at five on five do you agree with that statement from the Florida Panthers star
1: absolutely it was so clear that uh, the Panthers were so much better five on five Ross I mentioned it uh, in yesterday's episode key to victory Dominate on the power play. The Panthers have one of the worst penalty kills in the league. And the Sens went three for four, good for 75% on the power play. So yeah, that's a fair statement from Matthew Kuchuk for sure. Especially Ross, that second period was not a good one for your Ottawa Senators. They were lucky to score a power play goal at the end and hang on to it.
0: Well, after two periods, the shots were 21 to 17, but in the second period, you're right, they pulled away 16 shots. The senators gave up in that second period. But Matt Sogard stood tall, and we got to give him some props because after a tough stretch now, he's done back to back extremely good outings. Even three, his last three games yep. have been extremely good uh, from the road game and then coming back home and playing well at the Canadian Tire Centre. I know Jonas and his mom were there and now he's 2-0, and so maybe they're going to have to get a place in yep. Ottawa. Yeah, the, even the loss in Boston, I thought he played extremely yep. well. A 9.39 save percentage over the last three games. 2-1 and one in that stretch. Only six goals allowed good for two per game. So, great to see Mad Sogard pick himself up off the mat and play extremely well, and I'm excited to see more of that down the stretch. But the question is now, with eight games remaining in the season, how would you, at least for the next three or four, while the Sens are still not mathematically eliminated, and we'll get to the standings and everything in the next segment, Cam Talbot seems like he's ready to come back. Dylan Ferguson sent down. How would you incorporate the goalies? They've got the back-to-back on the weekend, Toronto-Columbus. How would you see the next week going? Okay, so I'm looking at the standings
1: now, Ross, uh, or the schedule, sorry. Um, I The term ready to back up just scares me. So I, I'm not starting Talbot Thursday, that's for sure. Because if they're saying he's ready to back up, it's for a reason that they're saying he's not ready to start. So there's there's something going on there that's weird. Um, and then you've got Leafs Blue Jackets back to back. I think, honestly, I'm torn here, Ross. Like. Do you start Talbot up against the Leafs, like big game at home, or do you give him, and I hate to say this, but a little bit more of a a softball up against Columbus uh, after?
0: A business game, remember?
1: Yes, the business game, taking care of business.
0: I don't know, because Mad Sogard, that Leafs game was the last one where you didn't really love the performance in regulation. The Senators outshot Toronto, what, 52 to like 22 or 24? At one point, the Sens only gave up 12 shots, and they've given up four goals. Honestly, yeah, it was tough. So that leans me towards Cam Talbot, who's a Southern Ontario guy, I believe Caledon, Ontario, and he hasn't played against the Leafs this year since coming over in the Battle of Ontario. He did in the preseason and broke a rib and wasn't able to play at the start of the season. So Forsberg got that game right after they played in Buffalo, played the second game of the season in Toronto. And then we know Mad Sogard played the last one, and Anton Forsberg played the one in late January that Ottawa got the victory in Toronto. So I think I'm going to go Cam Talbot on Saturday here. I I think so. And you know what? Maybe that's even a good thing for Mad Sogard. You're telling him, hey, you're going to play on Thursday. You're not playing in three and four nights. Why not give him the extra day in between? And you tell him, say, hey, the boys might be a little gassed on the Sunday. We're going to need you. We're going to need you for that one. So kind of keep his confidence up that way. But I'm certainly going with Sogard on Thursday if if it's me making the decision. Although, Pilsy, revenge game. Cam Talbot was a flyer for, I don't know, a week? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very long. That's for sure. Okay, so,
1: yeah, I'm with you on that, actually. Talbot starts Saturday against Lee Sogard, Sunday against the Blue Jackets. And then... Ross from there, I think like I would love to sit here and plan out the starts, but I think you just go off feels uh, after that. Yeah, vibes, feels, whatever, uh, whatever statistical categories or emotional categories you want to use. But because then you've got Carolina on the road, Florida on the road, Tampa at home, which we will be at, we'll be at that game. I'm fired up for that. Then Carolina at home. And then the final game of the season against Buffalo on the road. So I think there's no there's no kind of roadmap for um goalie starts here. You gotta see how things go. And Ross, you need to see if, how ready is Cam Talbot? Like that's that's a big thing. Uh 30 guy in his late 30s, couple injuries here, end of the season. These are big games. Is he the guy that's gonna be ready to kind of put this all in his shoulders? Or do you still have to have Mad Sogard as your main
0: guy here? It's going to be an interesting conversation. Let us know in the comments what you would do with Camp Talbot now ready to return from injury. I think in all likelihood, he's not going to be back next year. Does that weigh in your decision? Do you really want to get Sogard to, let's say, 20 starts on the season? What's he at right now? He's sitting pretty at uh, 15 starts right now, or 15 games, yeah. I should say, not starts, 15 games this season. I think 20 would be a nice round number for him to get into. So is he going to play five of the last eight games? Is that too much to ask? How is everything going to shake out, but you mentioned vibes, Pilsy. Eric Branstrom getting the goggles is mm-hmm. ultimate vibes, even though the n h l is rigged and they took away his goal yeah
1: i we've watched this goal a couple times, Ross, and we neither of us can decide how it's not Eric Branstrom's goal, but uh yeah. This is what this team does. They do a good job of lifting guys up when they deserve it and when they need it. And Branny's played really good as of late. He's got the offense going, which is something that he struggled with to get points for whatever reason. He just wasn't getting on the score sheet and now he is and he's playing really great as of late so I thought it was a lot of fun that they gave him the goggles and uh your your boy Hammer was pretty excited that Brainy got the goggles as well
0: he was fired up such a glue guy in the locker room and Travis Hamnick by the way sitting at half a point per game since January 27th that game against the Leafs and um certainly playing better in his own zone as well not a player without fault But if you follow us on Twitter at Send Central, I've certainly been standing up for Travis Hamnick. I just feel like there's these preconceived notions about what he is. Similar, ironically, the same people that are still hating on Travis Hamnick now are the people who wouldn't understand the concept that Eric Branstrom wasn't playing well at a certain point this season. It feels like you're either a Branstrom guy or a Hamnick guy, but lucky for us, Pilsy, we're we're appreciative of what they both bring in yeah. different aspects of, of their game, and um, no, I just I, I feel like Hamnick's just taking too much heat right now, and uh, there's no need for it. And a lot of people saying, well, why are we discussing Travis Hamnick? Well, because he's playing well, and I think if you're going to rip on a guy when he's playing poorly, which we're not afraid to do either here, you should give him his flowers when he's playing well, and don't narrow it down to say, oh, it's just two weeks; otherwise, he's bad. It's like no, appreciate what he's bringing right now. I don't care if he was got burned on on a bunch of 2 on 1s in in uh, November, December, January, certainly. And do I think he's the perfect partner for uh Jake Sanderson? No. Jake Sanderson can play with anyone and make them look good, but that doesn't mean that Travis Hamnick should be on the third pair in Belleville like some people make you want to believe.
1: No, that's fair. And that's the thing. Like I think people are so stuck on Twitter as like okay, one time I tweeted I don't like this player, so I'm dying on this hill. Like things yeah. change like <laughs> Guys have good stretches, guys have bad stretches. Um, uh, your opinion on what this team needs from a player can change. Like, I think that's the thing. It's a sliding scale, and uh there's no need to be set in one side of an argument just because that's where you've aligned yourself or your Twitter brand. So yeah, let's I mean, it's the Ottawa Senators. We all love all the Ottawa Senators. Let's just have fun, guys. Come on.
0: Absolutely. And I'm ready okay. for him to be back as the six seven defenseman next year. But don't yeah. Don't get in my mention saying that I want Travis Hamnick to be named the captain of this team. Strip Brady of the sea, give it to Travis Hamnick. No, let's not get crazy here. And there's certainly faults in his game, but this guy eats pox. He puts pucks on net as often as humanly possible from a defenseman. And maybe the forwards are starting to pick up on that because we've seen a couple tip plays. And look at him quarterbacking the power play when Thomas <laughs> Shabbat was out at the end of the game. Hey, how'd that go, Pills? Primary? It, primary. Yeah,
1: it, primary assist. And before that assist, Ross, he had two clappers from the point that <laughs> were good shots. like and- Apple picking. We mentioned this on the postcast. It was just so funny watching the replay. And when um, Timmy scores that goal, Hammer looks at the bench and he's laughing. He's like, guys, I got a power play point. Look at me. Look at
0: me out here. (laughs) You know what else is, is hilarious, too? I bet you if there was a three on one developing and Hamannick was the trailer and it was Stutzlin' Brady, he'd be beaver tapping. Give me the puck. Oh, he'd be beaver tapping so hard.
1: Or like change that scenario and he has the puck. He's looking those guys off. <laughs> I oh, yeah. See him. I'm taking the clapper here. Hey, He's
0: he's doing the Pajot, the eyes closed on his fourth goal. That's absolutely sick. Uh, but yeah. but right, awesome, awesome stuff last night. Senators get three power play goals. The cat purrs. And that means the Sens are now 18-1-1 when Derek Broussard Woo. scores. And they're 11-1-1 when Derek Broussard finds the back of the net. And we had someone ask on Twitter. What's the record when they both score? Aussie Blasey, great name. Well, the research team has reached a conclusion and we'll tell you right after a quick word. We're going to get to the standings. We're going to get to how we wrote off Belleville a little too early. There's a loophole. We'll tell you what that is. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at
1: FanDuel. They are the number one sportsbook in North America. They are the trusted partner sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And that is where we go to make our wagers. And I would suggest the same for you because their app is awesome. I love the app, Ross. It's simple, safe, secure, easy to use. Like I mentioned, usually around 6.30, 6.45, I like to open up the FanDuel Sportsbook app, see what all the odds are, see if there's any fun uh, parlays I can get myself into because with FanDuel, you can give yourself a bigger chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. And if you're new to FanDuel, this is an awesome time to join. You're going to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So check it out because if that happens, you can get 1000 bucks back when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Check out the no sweat first bet for bonus dollars. Make every
0: moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. It's the perfect neighborhood pub, and it's in the heart of the Glebe. You can find them at seven seventy nine Bank Street. And when you head there, make sure you let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. There are still shuttles remaining. The shuttles leave one hour before puck drop, so get to the get to the pub early. Have a Guinness. Have a beverage. I know Kevin's drinking his chocolate milk. Come one, come all. Have your club wrap. Have anything. I'm a big wings guy. Hot and honey. Not honey, garlic, Pilsy. Hot and honey. I love that at the Glebe Central Pub. I go there all the time when I'm in Ottawa. And when I make sure after the game, the good times keep rolling. Make sure you're following them on Instagram as well, at Glebe Central Pub. And you can see when open mic is. When live music is, there's always something going on at the Glebe Central Pub. GlebeCentralPub.com is where you can find these shuttle tickets, $15, and you can see the schedule for remaining games. Go to 779 Bank Street and let them know at the Glebe Central Pub that Locked On Senators sent you. All right, Pillsy, I'm feeling good after that win. But first, let's pick up on the last conversation. Do You want to get to the loophole? of how the Belleville Sens can make the playoffs, or should we save that for later? And should I let the good people know how automatic a Sens win is when Derek Brassard and Alex Debrinket find the back of the net? Hit him with the Brass Cat stat. Four and oh, baby. Unbelievable. Derek Broussard gets his 215th career NHL goal. Nice little season for Broussard. Probably a little bit more than he was expecting when he signed that PTO. Yeah. He's got 13 goals, 23 points. Not bad. Yeah, honestly,
1: like Derek Brassard has done what this
0: team has
1: asked him to do and more. Like going back, we were like, oh, Derek Brassard on a PTO. That's a nice little addition. He'll be an extra forward, a veteran guy, a guy that loves Ottawa. He's been so much more than that as he's, he's got into a handful of games, 61 games here.
0: He's going to be a guy that loves Ottawa. That's why we're bringing in guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that is if you love Ottawa, you're coming to Ottawa. Let's just say that. Chicken oh, chicken knows
0: that. I I must be one goalie away then with the Senators, hey, when they were in their their pits of despair trying to find somebody to to stop the puck in goal. They've used six different goalies this year. To me that is just wild. And how many of them
1: this was their first taste of the NHL? Like Mando Ferguson, like it's crazy.
0: Yeah. All six goalies also got wins this year. Helbert oh, batting a yeah. 1,000. My guy. Your guy. He's actually fallen off a cliff since going to Detroit, but we don't have well, to get into happen. his 4-7-1 uh, record. Yeesh. But you know what we do want to get into? Yeah, the standings. Come on, the standings. Woo! I know you guys are fired up for it. Right now, the Senators are five points out. Pillsy. I know the Senators, by all accounts, own the Detroit Red Wings after that back-to-back that they played or Doubleheader header in ottawa it was a back-to-back two on consecutive nights correct well now we're putting our red and white pom-poms on tonight and we are the biggest red wing fans ever why is that <laughs> ever oh damn um yeah hey yeah. locked on red wings brian scotty we're coming for your jobs we yep. are red wings army we're coming for it uh fun fact I was also a Red Wing
1: fan back in my day. As you guys know, I followed Dominic McCasick through his career. So I started off with the Sabres, then I went to the Red Wings, and then I landed in Ottawa and stayed here. So Thanks
0: thanks for not going back to Detroit where Hassock finally won the cup in wait. I know. Credit
1: to me. Credit to me. Um, but we are big Detroit Red Wings fans today because they are up against the Pittsburgh Penguins. We need, need that regulation win from the Red Wings.
0: Yes, we do. Because the Pittsburgh Penguins now have a game in hand on the Ottawa Senators. The Islanders got the win yesterday. They're out of reach. They're eight points up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's only one wild card spot to be had here. And Ross, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, can you scroll over to the right? To All the way on the right on the standings?
0: Why don't I do this? Watch this. Okay. Can I look at that? Yeah. Okay. There How's we go. That? How's yeah. that? Keep going. Oh, you go. want the last want, 10? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, okay. Yep, yep. Okay. I just didn't want to make it too small. Can you see that? Can everyone see that? Yeah. That's good.
1: There we go. So look at the last 10 for. Uh, I mean, you can even start at Detroit. Like, no one has been very good except the the Islanders here in the last 10. It's almost like Ross, who nobody wants, it? wants this? Yeah, everyone's like, eh, I kind of want it, but I'm not sure. Like, you're looking at Washington, three, five, and two, Ottawa, three, six, and one, Buffalo, three, four, and three, Florida, five, four, and one, Pittsburgh, four, five, and one. Like, no one has taken a big stronghold command of that final wildcard spot. And that's why I've kept my hopes so high, Ross, because it's, it's still right there. Like, If one team was like, no, we're taking this and we're running away with it, maybe that's different. But that's not the case. And the Florida Panthers, thanks to your Ottawa Senators, are now in a four-game losing streak. So that's tough for them, a team that held that wild card spot for a couple
0: days. A couple days. And it was gone because they didn't want it. I mean, but they still have the most wins of any of these teams battling for the final playoff spot in the last 10 games. So this, this is still up for grabs. I know people are quick to write teams off when they fall six, seven points out, but you can change that in three, four days now. But Ottawa's in a situation where they've just played such a long stretch of hockey. They're off today and tomorrow. So things can change, although Wednesday is not usually a busy night in the National Hockey League this week. I know we're cheering for the Red Wings today. he We got to do it again to, on uh, on Wednesday. I'm really sorry to do this to everybody. We need the Leafs, buddy. We need the I Leafs. Know. Oh, man. I hate doing that, but uh, yeah. so wait, what we got to do. Does that mean that we're now cheering for the Islanders against Washington in that game? Like, Are the Islanders so far out of reach, now you just want to keep Washington at bay?
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Washington is kind of, kind of not a part of it for me, which is hilarious. They're only one point back of the Sens, but I just I, I don't feel like they're making that push like uh, Ottawa, Buffalo, Florida, Pittsburgh are. So I, I'm kind of indifferent on that one, to be honest. But yes, the Islanders' spot is out of reach. So
0: and da- damn, the NHL like ten loser points for the Penguins. The only reason why they're in that spot. Yep, brutal. Loser points are for losers, Pillsy. That's what I always say. Loser points and draft picks. Losers. <laughs> draft coverage coming soon on Locked On Senators.
1: <laughs> get stoked.
0: We also uh, want to get into Belleville a little bit because, again, the playoff structure there is wild. 23 teams make the playoffs. We'll tell you about how that is even possible. And it's been one year since the death of Eugene Malik. We'll touch on that next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. All right, Pilsy. Locked on Senators for Tuesday, March 28th. I had a couple people ask me uh, online, so I'll give you guys a quick rundown of the Mullet Arena. Pilsy, it's got to be on our our list of places to go. It it was a cool atmosphere, and Arizona was playing against Edmonton. 98% Oilers fans. I tweeted out on my personal Twitter, uh, at Ross Levitan, I think you think it's bad how many Leaf fans invade Ottawa? This was way worse. Could you, I know you just saw the highlights briefly, but could you tell on TV how pro Edmonton that crowd was? Yeah, especially the, the blue
1: Edmonton jerseys really stood out in the crowd there. But yeah, Ross, as soon as um, it was named that Arizona was going to play there, uh, that's been on my uh, bucket list of arenas I got to go to. Like, do, are you walking through the campus to get there? Like, where is the arena situated?
0: Yeah, so it's right off the highway. And it's okay. just like a little campus area, but they also and like years ago when my aunt was when I was growing up came to visit my aunt and uh, the Arizona Cardinals used to play at Sun Devil Stadium, yes. which is ASU. It's yep. right next door to that, so I was like, That's "Oh, awesome, cool area." And Sun Devil Stadium is built into the the mountaintop, so it's like each each standing is like in the valley of the mountain. It's super cool, but then you go to literally like a community rink. Like, it looks like if you're in Ottawa, I know Alex Marchand, at Sens DJ, tweeted back at me. said, then this should be an NHL rink, too. The Slush Puppy Center in Gatineau, where the Olimpique play, is literally bigger than Mullet Arena. It is tiny. It's tiny, yeah. Yeah. And in Halifax, it's so much bigger. It's so much bigger. There's 4,000 seats. There's one level. And then you go upstairs, and there's the gondola. By the way, Mark Spector takes a lot of heat online. You know Mark Spector with the Oilers Media? He had binoculars. I'm walking by the media area and binoculars. I was like, at the you Mall can't see I was like, if you can't see this, like what are you doing at Roger's place in Edmonton? I mean he's You're a, gonna need a guy. telescope. He, he's a he print a guy, tele- isn't he? He's gonna need a telescope to look at the camera.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh man. Uh, Ross, isn't the Ralph even
0: comparable ra- to Mallet Arena? No, the Ralph's comparable to Canadian Tire Center. <laughs> yeah, how it? but like isn't it like eight, six, eight thousand, twelve, twelve? eight thousand? Twelve. Twelve, yeah. Oh my god there's, there's two levels to the Ralph. Like there's an escalator that takes you up to the upper level seating here. There's like a ramp that you get to the one level. It's not even a staircase. It was wild. And you go in and I'm sure there's different entrances, but I'm literally two minutes before I'm at my seat. I'm looking through a window and I'm watching a rec league hockey game at like an adjoining facility. It was was wild. It was wild, but they got to do what they got to do. And, um, the sends abroad that were in the game played just as you'd expect Josh Brown and Cody CC uh, to play in that game. A couple penalties, a couple giveaways, but um, yeah, getting to see McDavid up close, like he's so nasty. He picks up speed so fast. Um, bingo, bango, bongo. It's in the back of the net on the power play. It took six seconds, but um, former Eels, I know we followed Eels a lot when yeah. they had Roby and Lassie, this Matthias Michelli. Don't, don't look down on people who say he should be in the Calder conversation. This kid is, isn't nasty out there playing hockey but we'll leave that for lockdown coyotes lockdown oilers i just want to get that in there because it is such a novelty of an nhl yep. arena so a uh, quick little synopsis on that but um caa arena comparable in size to mullet arena and could there be playoff hockey there pilsey it seems like we might have written them off too fast the last place Belleville senators ross were such goofs um I just was under
1: the assumption that they would not be doing a play-in series again. I thought that was strictly a COVID thing because last year in the AHL, unfortunately, not every team played the same amount of games. So you had to find some sort of way to make it fair and allow other teams in. So you did points percentage and you had the four or five teams in each division battle for a spot with a three-game play-in series. Apparently, that is happening again. So, I just just about rode off the Belleville Senators, Ross. I looked at, they lost three straight games. As you can see if you're watching on YouTube, they're in the bottom of the division. They're seven points back of the fourth-place Rochester Americans, and the Americans have a game in hand. So, I was like, well, damn, that was fun for a little bit, believing they had a chance. Well, looks like they do still have a chance, because there is a play-in series between uh, the fourth and fifth team. so... All the Belver Senators need to do is place fifth. The Cleveland Monsters hold that spot right now, just one point ahead of Belleville. However, they do have two games in hand, but it's very much a possibility that Belleville will get an opportunity in the play-in series here.
0: I really hope so, but I'm not confident. Like they left they left games on the table by losing in Cleveland one of those two games. You win that game, yeah. all of a sudden you're in the mix. It just feels like. Uh, what a tumultuous season down there. The good news is the guys who we had, had high hopes for, a lot of them are producing. Angus Kirkshank leads the team in goals. Igor Sokolov leads the team in points. Lassie's mm-hmm. finding the back of the net finally, uh, which is good to see. And, um, and I mean, they've gone through to like 35 goalies. So, Dale um, Ferguson making his way back, though. So you got a tandem of Ferguson and Mando. Not bad. Okay, yeah, that can be the spin zone here. I'm all for it. It's just unfortunate the way that uh their season kind of has been so up and down and changing coaches and all sorts of of strange moves. The, the Belleville Sens have never like made the actual playoffs when there's 16 no. teams. Never. Never. And I get yeah. it that it's a farm team, this, that, da, da, da. And I get that, da, 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 that the Sens would have been first place if there wasn't the COVID pause. They were unbelievable that year with Norris yeah. and Batherson, And you and me in the in the control room, I mean, how could you not be an elite team? I mm-hmm. told Troy Mann I was getting sized up for my Calder Cup ring. <laughs> it, it never came. That one didn't hit, but it was great. We got a laugh out of it, and that's half the battle. So um, unfortunate, but you're looking at an area where it's a lot of Leaf fans in Bay of Quinty you need a, you need a winner. You need someone who the the community can come around and they've done it well off the ice with the decision-making, bringing back those Belleville bulls jerseys. How nasty were those on the ice?
1: Those look so good, especially if you were uh, a Belleville area uh, during the Belleville bulls days, you're going to love that. That's for sure. But Ross, I'm still I'm still holding out hope here because I I want to make it to CAA Arena. It's a great spot. The great people of Belleville deserve to uh, watch their team play in meaningful games here. So, I, full steam ahead for me. And I think uh, as the Senators' uh, season kind of comes to a close here, hopefully we can see both these teams in the playoffs. That would be a dream come true.
0: A, a dream, I think, is is the key word in all that. But you know what? I'm a dreamer. Keep playing the music on the Titanic, buddy. That's you and me here fiddling away. That's you and me, man. Um, unfortunately, we we, um, we have some sad news to bring up. I guess it's the year anniversary of Eugene Melnick's uh, passing. I-, I thought his daughter, Olivia, did a great job on her Instagram posting a few uh, you know, personal photos and kind of putting the human aspect to it because sometimes people forget and they just think of the brash words that he said from time to time in, in the media and uh, we forget that this was a family man and, and there's two daughters without their dad. And, um, so I just think that it is it is something that we should note here that uh, that Eugene Melnick has been one year. Like it, it feels like feels like yesterday that we, we saw the news. I called you right. I was like, oh, my God, like you knew that the health wasn't 100 percent for the last couple of years. He had the yeah. transplant and all that, but um, you obviously are always shocked when you see that news. And um, so we're we're just thinking about the family right now and and hope that they can find you know closure. And um, I I think that the the finality of knowing that their dad holding on to this hockey team has I think he bought it for a hundred million. If they sell it for nine hundred million, I think that's a pretty good return on investment. Um, so clearly he had his family in mind and uh, and wanted to leave a lot for them. So. Um. yeah, just thinking about the family in, in this time, obviously the anniversary, the feelings come up to the surface.
1: Yeah, definitely, and uh, I mean, <clears throat> no matter what your opinion is of Eugene Melnick, like if you go back in the history books, he did save the Ottawa Senators, like without him, who knows what would have happened, right? So you got to give him a lot of credit there. And he was very stubborn about the way he ran this team, but he always did what he thought was best. So you can't really fault a guy for that. And it's tough for the, the Melnick daughters because, of course, this is a, an exciting time. Uh, bidders trying to buy the team. So so much optimism around the sense. But as you mentioned, this year, the calendar turning here is a reminder that uh, – the team is for sale because of an unfortunate tragedy of Eugene Melnick uh, passing away pretty early at the age of 62. So definitely our thoughts are with the Melnick family. And um, we got to give a lot of uh, appreciation to what those two young girls have done, uh, keeping this team afloat. I know there's a board of director that handles a lot of it, but that's a lot of responsibility to put on uh, two young women in their early twenties. So, I think they've done a commendable job, and we're very appreciative of uh, everything they've done and that uh, Eugene Melnick has done to keep this team in Ottawa.
0: Yeah, Anna and Olivia uh, Melnick uh, running the show. Our queens, as a lot of yes. people would say on social media. Uh, to end off on a bit more of a high note, Claude Giroux, six points away from 1,000, and he's got a revenge game up next against the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't think he's going to get six points in that game, Bilzi. But it is truly remarkable that you're looking at a man who has the second most goals in a season in his NHL career at age 35. He's got 71 points. Just a truly remarkable hockey player. And yeah. I know maybe last night, and, and this is a daily show, maybe he wasn't at his 100% best, a yeah. five-on-five. couple takeaways. The effort is always there with Claude Giroux. But something I noticed, I don't know if he's been killing penalties this much. He played over two minutes on the PK last night.
1: Yeah, that really surprised me, Ross. I uh, Even you saying that, I'm like, I don't remember seeing him out there for that much of the PK. But that's an interesting stat that he's out there.
0: It's super exciting that we've got at least, at least two more years of Claude Giroux with the Ottawa Senators coming up because he, he just brings an element that they were missing with having that yes. that star player who can play in all these different situations. And looking it up now, Giroud's played 71 minutes shorthanded this season. So a decent amount of time, actually, uh, all things considered. Uh, him and Mark, well, there's actually a huge drop off after. Klojiru, Mark like the next most for a forward at 27 minutes, but uh, your, your your normal penalty killers is Travis Hamnick's played 21 minutes more on the penalty kill than anybody else. So when you think of what kind of value he brings, you're not going to have six defensemen who are all offensive-minded. You need those grinders. You knew I was going to bring back to Hamnick on the PK, but no, no. All In all seriousness, I just wanted to give a little shout-out to Clojure because is so much fun to watch. Brings a level of accountability to this team and a level of presence around the league that he's a he's a bona fide star in yeah. the NHL. I, I would say former superstar maybe, but now right back as a star. I mean, I don't think he's cracking 100 points again in his career, but man, does he do a whole lot of things right and plays the right way too. So I uh, just want to have my final thoughts be about Claude Giroux. Pilsy, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up today's show?
1: Final thoughts for me is... I'll I'll say it again, Suns fans. Just just enjoy this time period we're in. Just just savor it. I know it's they haven't clinched. They're still a ways away from clinching, but we got eight games left in the season. Ross, the season has flown by. Savor every one of these games. See us in every one of these postcasts. And like we mentioned, we're going to be at the game April eighth. So. Definitely hit us up and uh, we'll be going to the Glebe Central Pub, Shorma Palace. We'll be hitting all our favorite spots. So excited to get back to Ottawa.
0: Of course. And we also, thanks to Tesla Canadian Dad on Twitter, are going to be giving away two tickets to Thursday's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm going to use the same tweet nice. that I used last time. So we're going to have the same there. Go find it on Twitter at Sense Central. Scroll down, retweet it. And we're going to give away a ticket tomorrow, two tickets tomorrow for that game on Thursday against Philadelphia. For more Locked On Senators, subscribe on YouTube, listen wherever you get your audio podcasts, and remember to follow us on Twitter as well, at Sen Central on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. For today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast. Your team every day.